0: Good morning, Naper Cove, and thank you for joining us today as uh, we worship God and uh, preach his word. And thanks again to all of our volunteers and uh, Christina for stepping in, uh, you know, taking over when Tracy is uh, out of town. Um, but thanks again for everybody who's able to put in all the hard work to make this happen. Well, I'm Josiah Chang, and I'm the pastor of Student Ministries here at Naper Cove and I feel that it is important as my role to inform you of what's been up to date around student culture, what's been influencing it, and uh, so in that case, one of the top things that's been influencing student culture right now is a game called Among Us. And this game, it's... uh, It can be played on a PC or a cell phone. And I'm gonna read a little description from Wikipedia just because it's a, a good description. So here it goes. The game has a space theme in which players have one of two roles. Most players are crewmates and a small number are imposters. The goal of the crewmates is to identify the imposters, eliminate them, and complete tasks. The imposters' goal is to confuse and eliminate the crewmates before they complete all their tasks. Players suspected to be imposters may be eliminated through a majority vote, which any player may initiate at any time. Crewmates win if all imposters are eliminated or all tasks are completed, whereas imposters win if there's an equal number of imposters and crewmates or if critical tasks are unresolved. Now, I know a description is not easy to understand what this game is truly about, but uh, some of you may have played games like Mafia, it's a card game, or uh, Bang, or Resistance. These are all just different kind of variations of a murder mystery party, or uh, you know, a whodunit sort of situation. And so you're trying to figure out who are these imposters. And now that I've explained this game to you, I expect each and every one of you to be playing this with your kids Uh, one of these days, um, no matter how old you are, there's a opportunity to do so. Well, when you're a crewmate, there are three different skills that you have to be able to use to um, be victorious in the game. And so the first skill is uh, when you recognize an imposter. And so recognizing an imposter, it entails Being able to see, if you're a witness of the imposter eliminating a crewmate, um, that's one way. You can recognize if an imposter uses a vent that only imposters can use. And another way is if they're uh, having suspicious behavior in a group chat, or if they're trying to really uh, make one of the crewmates be voted out as an imposter. So the first skill, again, is recognition. The second skill is reflection. And so you have to reflect uh, during the game and seeing just how people are moving and where they're going and what people are saying and how they voted. Uh, so as you reflect, you begin to see a, a, a trail of suspicious behavior. So again, it's recognizing, reflecting, and the third thing is reporting. When you see a crewmate that was uh, eliminated, you can report that, or you can just um, create a meeting where you vote for who you think is the imposter. So these three skills, again, is uh, you recognize, reflect, and report. Well, these three skills, we're going to see that in our passage today with uh, John the Baptist. He uses these three skills as well. So please turn your Bibles to John 1, verses 29 through 34. Or you can look up uh, on our screens. So... I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. This is the word of the Lord. Well, right away we see that we need to recognize Jesus. John the Baptist, he recognizes Jesus right away. And uh, with that, uh, there's a reference to verse 27, where uh, John prophesies that Jesus would be coming. And further on in the passage, you see that uh, he says uh, in verse 30, that a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Now that's a little bit confusing, but it might be referencing uh, chapter One, where it talks about how Jesus was there since the beginning. Or it might be referencing how Jesus has been greater than John uh, this whole time. And uh, we'll see that as, um, if you wanted to look further into that, you can find that in the Gospel of Luke. Well, John was able to easily recognize Jesus. And that might be because they're cousins. (laughs) And you can see that in Luke 1 again, um, where there's a lot of different circumstances among their births. But, John, it, it's different for us to be able to recognize Jesus. Uh, we can't talk to Jesus face-to-face. Maybe Jesus has this, like, stride where he walks like this or uh, talks a certain way. Maybe he says um, tomato instead of tomato or something like that. But we can't really tell that um, from our interactions with Jesus today. And so there, are, there has to be a different way of recognizing who Jesus is uh, today. And so we can recognize Jesus either through his works, or the words that he says, or the way he's working in our life. And so I went to a conference uh, when I was in high school, and they shared eight different ways of being able to recognize Jesus's voice. The first way is through musical worship. Uh, A lot of people... Really like to connect with God in this way. Uh, You might hear God through the lyrics, or just the ambiance of the music might be uh, impacting you in a a certain way. So, musical worship is one of the ways of recognizing Jesus' voice. Uh, Situations might be another way. If you're deciding uh, to go to a private school or public school, or if you're kids, you're trying to homeschool them, uh, trying to see if they should go to public school or not during these times. one of the ways Jesus speaks to us is by closing doors and opening them. If, uh, you know, that a private school says, no, your, can't, your kid can't come in, uh, that's probably a way of Jesus uh, telling you, maybe this isn't the right path for your kid uh, at this time. So uh, another way that we can recognize Jesus' voice is through an audible voice. Moses was talking to God through a burning bush. So if one of your house plants catches on fire, or if a shrub in front of your house is catching on fire and you hear a voice, maybe that's God speaking directly to you. Another way is through nature. Uh, I remember just seeing the Grand Canyon and being in awe of how beautiful and the expanse of the canyon was. And it just spoke to me in saying that, you know, my God who can create this beautiful creation, he can do so much more. Um... So another way is through other people. We go on Yelp and we look up reviews and try to figure out if this restaurant is worth our time and money. Um, Sometimes God is using many people in our lives to speak to us. Maybe your mom is telling you, hey, you have um, a good way of listening to others. Or maybe your friends always ask you for advice. Maybe that's the way that God is trying to tell you that you should probably do counseling of some sorts or even be a pastor. The other way is through Scripture. Um, there are specific verses that speak to people in different ways, and there's instruction, there's encouragement. Uh, maybe you're looking for um, a making a decision and trying to get something out of Scripture at that way. Um, the other way is through the Holy Spirit. Uh, now, the Holy Spirit, I believe, the way that He speaks, at least to me, is through this voice inside of my head or coming from me that uh, is kind of like my conscience. And so sometimes I'll hear that voice of saying, hey, maybe you should talk to this person or pray for this person or uh, feed the homeless at this time. Uh, So that's another way. And the last way is through tradition. There are a lot of uh, traditions that we have in the church that help us connect with God, whether that's communion. Sometimes we pray before each meal. And during those traditions, we are able to be reminded of putting God forefront in our lives. Again, so that's eight different ways. It's musical worship, situations, audible voice, nature, other people, scripture, the Holy Spirit, and tradition. And if you're wondering, where is Jesus during this COVID season? Where is he, as my loved ones are, feeling ill or sick or passing away? Uh, I'd encourage you to try these eight different ways, not maybe not all of them, but one of them, and uh, seeing where Jesus is during this time. Maybe during our musical worship, during our last song, you can pay attention to the lyrics of where Jesus is speaking to you. Or during our passage, you can look and try to connect some dots. But again, if these eight different ways, if they intersect with each other, it's probably a strong indication that God's trying to tell you something. Well, although we have all these different ways of recognizing Jesus, we do have an enemy out there. Satan, he tries his hardest to distract us from these different ways of uh, recognizing Jesus. And one of those ways of distraction, um, it might be even happening now. Maybe you're on your phone scrolling through and uh, just trying to Uh, look at something, get some news or sports, or maybe you're watching something on the side right now on Netflix, Um, there are many ways that Satan is trying to distract us. And, you know, it's important for us to recognize that. And sometimes we get so fixated on TV, entertainment, sports, work, or even schoolwork, where we forget that we need to recognize Jesus. We need to work on listening to his voice, that maybe even Jesus has something to be speaking to us at this moment. Another way that Satan tries to disrupt us in our recognition of Jesus is through making us fight with each other. Maybe there's uh, a lot of cases of disunity in our church right now. Uh, It could be politics. It could be theology. And, you know, arguing about these things, maybe it's important for us to set aside our own uh, desires for the sake of unity and moving forward and having progress. Well, an example I can think of is, I know some people might really like Whole Foods bread. Maybe they really like a certain wine from Costco or something, and uh, they really want that to happen during communion. Or maybe there's some of you who just want the wafer and the juice Well, we shouldn't be focusing on these specific elements that's distracting us from recognizing God during communion. Instead, we need to focus on the purpose of communion and be reminded of how Jesus had sacrificed his life for us. And so those are different ways that Satan tries to confuse us and get us away from uh, recognizing Jesus. Now, without discipline, we're not going to be able to recognize Jesus. Those eight different ways, they all require discipline. You need to practice them, and if you do not practice it, then it's going to be harder to recognize Jesus. And the way I think of this is, I'm sure everybody here and on screen or watching right now has taken a math class. Um, Maybe some of you uh, during that class have had a math test. And I bet our math teacher here, David Slackey, is jumping for joy that we're talking about math right now. But, you know, math... Once you get there for your first class, you'll probably learn how to do an equation or solve a problem, and if you're not practicing that and just kind of slacking off throughout the year, when the math test happens, you're not going to do well during that math test. You have to be practicing your equations, practicing your math uh, to be able to pass that test, and sort of in the same way, we need to practice our recognition of Jesus, otherwise we're not going to recognize him and we might be hearing other voices that are distracting us. Well, moving forward in verses 31 through 33, we see that John is reflecting about his experience with Jesus. He's reflecting about his baptism and um, it just reminds us that we need to reflect on our experiences with Jesus. And what are uh, some ways that we can reflect on these? Well, when you first look at your tablet, your cell phone or TV, what's the first thing that you see? It's probably a reflection of yourself. Now, that might scare some of you, or some of you might just be staring a little too long, but that reflection, let's use that as a reminder to reflect on our experiences with Jesus. When was the first time that you have encountered Jesus? When was the first time that you decided to follow Jesus? For myself, you know, as I was reflecting about this, uh, I was reminded that I went to a youth uh, conference or camp. And so, you know, youth camps are super important. I know we can't have it right now per se, but they'll be happening in the future. But anyways, youth camps, this was when I experienced Jesus. There was a, a time of worship after a sermon, and in the room you could just feel that something's different. You could feel that God's presence was there. And there were people weeping all over the place. There were people praying for each other. And our youth pastor encouraged us to continue this moment of prayer uh, in a separate room. And so we uh, continued that prayer. And that's when I first felt God telling me, Josiah, your call to ministry. And I didn't know what that meant at that time. But what I knew was that with that call, I needed to start making my faith my own. I needed to start taking initiative and being active in my church and figuring out, you know, what do I believe? And not to just go to church because my parents are making me, but to really understand, why am I going to church? There are times where we think that we're too busy to reflect or we just forget. And, you know, I want to encourage you to not listen to that lie of being too busy to reflect about your experiences with Jesus There is plenty of time. There are times when maybe you're waiting for your next class on Zoom, or maybe you're on the way to work, or on the toilet, or even eating. Um, During all these times, we can spend maybe a few seconds, not even hours or minutes, uh, just reflecting on Jesus and these experiences. Well, you know, part of that reflecting process is that we need to ask ourselves some questions, So we can ask ourselves questions like the one that I asked, when was the first time that you've experienced God or decided to, you know, believe in him? Or you can ask yourself specific questions for the day. What is Jesus doing today in my life? What is he calling me to do in the future? Or what has he done in the past? And just thinking about these simple things, even what did Jesus try to tell me during this service? Um, These small moments of reflection don't take up that much time, but it's important for us to reflect about our experiences with Jesus. Well, John, he finishes the passage by saying this is God's chosen one. He's reporting to everyone about Jesus' identity. And for us, we also need to report about Jesus to others. When I was in high school, I was highly encouraged by my pastor to Share the gospel to invite my friends to church, and right after he would passionately preach about that, I would go home, uh, forget about it, or if I remembered about it, I would start making up excuses of why I cannot. but there was some times where I plucked up the courage and decided why not i 'll just invite my friends to go to our youth group today and that experience uh, it showed me how you know that invitation didn 't ruin anything about my relationship. That invitation, people accepted it, and it surprised me that people were willing to hear about God, were willing to interact with me in a different way, and um, put themselves in an uncomfortable situation. Well, one of my friends in particular, they decided to come with me to church every week, and slowly, God started to change his life, and he accepted Jesus into his heart, and even people from my high school recognized that this friend is was a completely different person. And so we don't know where that reporting about Jesus will happen or what that might look like, but we have to be open to being able to do that process of reporting. So one of the many reasons why we don't invite people to church or talk to them about our faith is that we're afraid of being labeled as a hypocrite. And that fear well, I think, you know, if you're inviting somebody that's close to you as a good relationship, um, I think either A, they don't label you as a hypocrite, or B, they don't care if you're a hypocrite. But the whole point is not to focus on ourselves, but to focus on how Jesus could completely change this person's life. And I'm sure that uh, a lot of us have... uh, been concerned about our image, you know, through Instagram and social media, but uh, again, the focus is on Jesus, and if we truly believe that Jesus died on the cross for us and has allowed us access into heaven, that Jesus could change these people's lives. So who is that one person in your life who you can invite to our youth groups, Ohana or CORE, or who's that person you can invite uh, by sending a link to our service or even inviting them to a small group? or inviting them to one of our Sunday schools, I want you to take a little bit of time and think about who's that person that you can invite. We think of these invitations as such small and insignificant things, but it it just takes that one little invite to completely change somebody's lives. Now, again, in the game among us, if you're reporting about somebody, you're doing that so that you could win. You want to be able to have that sense of victory at the end of the game where you were the one who outed the imposter and where you guys all achieved victory. And that same sense of pressure of wanting to achieve victory, of uh, wanting to win, uh, that should be applied to our sense of reporting about Jesus. We want to have Jesus completely change our friends' lives, our parents' lives, our uh, coworkers' lives, our schoolmates'. And even our own lives, we want to continue to report about Jesus and seeing how Jesus can change our lives through that. So what is the point? What is the point of recognizing Jesus, reflecting about our experiences with him, and reporting about Jesus to everyone? Well, when we recognize Jesus, we recognize the grace that God has given us, that he sent his son to die for our sins. And as we reflect about that, we see how that is good news. And with that good news, we need to report that good news and share it to other people. So again, the three R's are recognize, reflect, and report. And these three R's, they ultimately result in another R, and that R is restoration. I'm sure for John, he's been preaching about Jesus for at least a year. He probably was written off by a lot of people as somebody crazy, somebody who eats weird things or dresses a weird way. But when Jesus came, I'm sure he felt that sense of restoration, that he has been preaching for years about Jesus coming. And Jesus finally came. And that sense of restoration that he was preaching about something that was real probably hit him right then and there. It's Kind of similar of um, if you've been rooting for a specific baseball team, maybe the Cubs or the Dodgers, and you've been saying, hey, this team is great this year. They're going to win it all this year. And when that actually happens, I'm sure you feel restored in a different kind of way where (laughs) your team won. You've been telling the truth the whole time, and you've been rooting for the right team. Well, you know, John feels this type of restoration, so I wonder, what type of restoration are you seeking today? Are you perhaps going to try to recognize Jesus uh, who brings restoration to those who are having trouble finding him during this season? Or will you reflect about your experiences and you need restoration and being able to be reminded of how Jesus has you know, come through for you in the past? Or how that, knowing that Jesus has come through for you in the past, how that's going to influence you in the present or even the future. Or maybe a different type of restoration where you need to report about Jesus to others and seeing Jesus change their lives deeply influences you because you see that God is actually working through you and God is actually working through that person and in their lives. So again, these three R's, recognize, Reflect and report lead to restoration. But this restoration isn't just for us. Just like John wanted restoration for the world, we need to report about Jesus to bring that restoration to others. Let's pray. Dear God, we are in need of you right now at this moment, Lord. There are some of us who need restoration in different areas of our lives. And God, you, we know that you can bring that restoration. And so we ask, God, that you would help us with those steps of achieving restoration as well as bringing it to others who are hurting in our families, in our circles, Lord. We ask that you would be able to show us, God, uh, the next steps in uh, just recognizing you, Lord, and where you're working in our lives. Thank you, God, for this uh, day, and we pray, Lord, that we would continue to reflect about this. In your name, amen.